Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Bavarian Podcast Works. Today, we are previewing Bayern Munich's upcoming game against Borussia Dortmund, which is, as you know, called their classicer, as much as some people might hate the name. So this is a special edition of our pod. So I am joined by Jake Fenner. For the first time ever, it is the two of us on this pod. So hi, Jake. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I can't believe it, but you're right. Yeah, this is the very first time that we've decided to uh, collaborate together on a podcast. But I mean, hey, better late than never. Yeah, I guess so. So let's just jump straight into the preview. And one thing we need to address really early is the fact that Borussia Dortmund might not have any fans in the stadium. Now, the fact is that, you know, the famous yellow wall, it's one of the biggest advantages whenever we go there. They always seem to intimidate us. And as per reports, I believe the 67,000 fans or so that were supposed to be in the stadium, they have all had their tickets canceled due to the fact that the state of North Rhine-Westphalia may be going into another lockdown. So, Jake, how do you feel about that? Not just about the situation for Bayern, but also the situation for the league in general with one of the biggest games of the year going into lockdown. I think it's very sad. I think that that should be the thing, first of all, that we have to go back to this. We have to relive this. Uh, Guys to Schmido was really just supposed to be a temporary thing, right? It was supposed to be temporary. It was supposed to be something that we had to just stick with for a little while, and then we'd get right back into uh, normal games, and then it took a lot longer than we thought and then people came back and then we had to go back in a full lockdown again and then the new season started and people started coming back and we had a full capacity Allianz Arena and then now we're back to back to square one right it's all a matter of people deciding to not get vaccinated not to take it seriously it's also about nature running its own course right we can't control whether or not the virus mutates or what but I think just overall, it's it's kind of sad, but it's the reality of the situation that we, we currently live in, and it's hard to avoid it at all. Yeah, it's the thing that I'm really sad about. Like, even though the fact that the Signality in the Park might have far fewer spectators than envisioned will definitely be a competitive advantage for Bayern. Unless, of course, the return game is also, you know, a Geisterspiel, God forbid that happens. But even so, I would prefer that the Bundesliga shows its best face forward and having a full signal in the park with all 80,000 people, that is one of the most spectacular images in all of football. And it just is a spectacle that everyone should be able to enjoy. Not being able to show that to people, that is a big, big blow for both the Bundesliga and for Bayern Munich because we want to be performing on the biggest stage. Then again, I guess it's basically unavoidable. There's no point in complaining about it. I doubt Dortmund will complain about it either. It's about safety and it's about what the politicians think. Um, I have some other opinions on this, but this is really not the time for it. So why don't we talk about the actual game? And there are some injuries that and absentees that we need to talk about, most important of which is on Bayern's side, Yozua Kimmich. So Kimmich, as we all know, he got tested positive for the COVID-19. He's going to be out definitely for this game. If he had been vaccinated, he might have been able to test himself negative and be able to make it for the game. But that's not the world we live in. So that's too bad. How much of a blow is losing Kemic for buying Munich, Jack? 
it's huge. And it really could have all been avoided if Kimmich wasn't as... I don't, I don't care if this comes out strong. If Kimmich wasn't as selfish as as he was. Yeah, that's that's fair, honestly. It's, it's very annoying that someone like him... I mean, we've covered this on the podcast so many times now, but it's so annoying. And it's not going to stop being annoying until he actually gets back on the pitch and maybe he decides to get mm-hmm. vaccinated. Technically, according to Flick, he did decide to get vaccinated, but that was the day itself that he got the coronavirus. So... I don't know. I guess that's just how the cookie crumbles. But on the Dortmund side, there's something interesting, which is the fact that Erling Haaland, I was looking at a report on Aimea Sanmia recently that Haaland will be able to play at least 60 minutes against Bayern. And coming into the game, we thought that he would be injured. And now that he's back, oh man, I I just have to tell you, Jake, Haaland scares me, okay? He scares me so much that even people in my college have realized I'm so scared of Haaland. To scare me off the class group, they keep posting gifs of Erling Haaland. They don't even watch football, oh my God. So I'm getting bullied by a Haaland gifs in my real life. So, <laughs> Jake, what do you feel about the prospect of facing Erling Haaland yet again? I think it's uh, an Erling Haaland that is injured, right? It's not It's not a fully healthy Erling Haaland, but even still, a not fully healthy Erling Haaland can come off the bench yeah, exactly. 17 minutes against Wolfsburg and score two goals. So it's, it, it's, it's a terrifying prospect, yes. But what I look at more is what Dortmund was able to do without him in terms of games and in terms of who they got their scoring from. And there wasn't any consistency. There was, there was very little consistency up front. Um, Right. You had Hazard who scored in back-to-back games and then didn't really score that much afterwards. You had Royce who scored in back-to-back games and he didn't score that much afterwards. Uh, You had Daniel Malin who scored in back-to-back games but didn't score in their most recent game. So, no, I think he did score in his most recent game. So He scored in his Wolfsburg, yeah. So and they also and they also got knocked out of the Champions League in the group stage, which is pretty pretty humiliating for the group that they had. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'll also, I'll also keep in mind that Erling Holland has only scored once against Bayern Munich in I believe what six attempts, six games that they played against each other. So oh, if 15, we don't count Mickey Mouse games. trophies, oh, yeah, um, fair enough. So yeah, I think that while he is a scoring threat, absolutely. I don't necessarily know how much of a scoring threat he's going to be against the team that he's pretty much always struggled against with the exception of one game. And, you know, he's never, he's never beaten. He's never beaten in, in a Bundesliga, uh, in a regular season Bundesliga game. So Holland is scary in and of himself, but it's more on the people around him and the team around him. And, with that, I think that. What about the team he's playing here. against? Because what about our defense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hate the idea of coaches having to experiment. But exactly. Nagelsmann is in a position where he has to experiment, right? He cannot go with Pavar on the right. He basically has to reinvent himself now as basically a center back or center defensive midfielder. Neither of which I think he's that great at. So you're stuck with this back three or hybrid, like back five situation. And it's tough, but this is, this is what Byron has, right? You've got players that. Well, technically I do have to point out that there is 
someone who can take Pavard's place, which is Niklas Zula. Yes, and Zula can run up the wing. Yeah. But it's it's probably less on my trust of Zula being on the on the right side of the field, and it's more on who would be the two center backs, right? Because Dio Upamecano has not looked that great of late. It seems like he's taking a while to gel with the team. And then beyond him, right? Nyanzu is taking a little while. But Lucas, though. So Luca Hernan- Luca's been good. Luca Hernan- yeah, he's been good, been, though. He's, he's been good. I think, I think that the big problem is that Haaland will attack Upamecano. And Upamecano versus Haaland is not a battle that Upamecano is winning. Like we remember, remember the cup final between RB Leipzig and Dortmund, and oh man, Upa got mm-hmm. just bullied. Like that was very scary to watch if you were a Bayern fan because you were getting yes. both him and the manager, and you were watching him just getting bullied by Haaland. So what I recall the DFL Super Cup. Okay, so what Nagelsmann did that was pretty clever. It was kind of a weird, very narrow formation where you had Sula and Upa both trying to keep Haaland from running down the center, forcing him down to Bayern's left, where he would have to use his pace, but his pace would be matched against Alfonso Davies, so he would constantly keep getting dispossessed. And I'm interested to see if we see a return of that specific tactic, which we haven't seen before or since. That was very good in my opinion, but it was also between Upa and Sula in the centre-back, not Hernandez. Hernandez, we have not seen him go up against Haaland. And I think he might be better at playing against Haaland simply because he has more pace than any of our other centre-backs. And he also has a good change in direction, which Sula can't do. So I'm interested to see how the backline will shape up, especially because we're getting reports that Leon Goretzka might be doubtful for the game. He just had to make a visit to the doctor's office for some kind of a hip problem. And we are recording this on a Wednesday, so we don't actually know if he will be available for the game or not. Since we don't have Kimmich and Goretzka in midfield, if you don't have them, it's going to be very difficult for Bayern to protect the defense. Yeah, absolutely. I don't I don't even know w- what to add there, right? Because I'm not even sure who's going to be available, who would be like healthy enough to take even the places of them. I know Quentin Tolisso is probably going to be one of the options, but yeah, yeah, Bayern, is, Bayern com- is confirmed to be injured. So it's really, it's not good. I believe Nagelsmann said that Muziala is an option for the number six, which is a little bit terrifying. Yes. Yes, it is. But it's not like he hasn't played in that position. Yeah, before he has. He, hasn't he has played successful. there. But to be fair, he, he when he played there, he was next to Goretzka, not Tolisso. That's fair. But I would argue that he's grown a lot since then. Yeah, to be fair. Then again, Nagelsmann has not used him much this season. So he has a startling lack of game time, even though his impact in games has been great. So Muziana being in the number six position or even a number eight position, that would mean going pretty much all out attack, in my opinion. Like you just have to punch Dortmund. You can't really expect to, how should I say it, keep a clean sheet. Unless, you know, Manuel Neuer does Manuel Neuer things and he keeps Haaland out by sheer force of will. I think that it's just going to be a game where we try to outscore them. Yeah, I mean, that should be your point in every game, but this is absolutely probably going to be the case. It's going to be a weird game. I think this is very much not going to be the 
a stereotypical Bayern game that we are all used to, where Bayern tries to set up shop in midfield and they pass around a lot and then they try and whip in a ball and score a goal and they just hold on to possession for 75% of the game because they don't have the people. They don't have the roster that can maintain that for a while. So they have to change. They have to be fluid. They have to adapt. And Nagelsmann did that with relative success at Leipzig. And my hope and what I believe is going to happen is that he'll be able to do the exact same thing here. Uh, What that will look like, I'm not exactly sure, but I am very interested to see what he comes up. Yeah, but one of the point that Nagelsmann did do it successfully at Leipzig, but Nagelsmann record overall against... Dortmund is very, very poor for a manager. Like, he does kind of struggle against pressing teams, pressing teams who have pressing in their DNA. I once brought this up, but according to the stats, Nagelsmann, his worst opponents, as far as coaches go, are Adi Hütter, Jürgen Klopp, and Thomas Tuchel. And you see what they all these three coaches have in common, which is the fact that they use gegenpressing. pressing. Something that all of us have pointed out in the blog is the fact that Bayern's passing has not been up to snuff. And I was watching Dortmund against Wolfsburg, and their pressing has really improved. And I want to see, like, I'm hoping that Bayern are doing better on that front, because if we don't pass properly against the gegenpressing pressing Dortmund, I think we will be ripped apart on the counter. What I will say, just to go off of your point about his worst coaches have been Adi Hüter and Thomas Tuchel and Jurgen Klopp and all of them have been good at gegenpressing. I think you and I can both agree on one thing, though, is that Marco Rosa is no Adi Hüter or no Jurgen Klopp or no Thomas Tuchel because he's been having a very rough go in his first couple of matches in every single game that you've seen him without somebody like Holland up top you ask yourself the question why they even brought Marco Rosa in to begin with and why exactly. they didn't like stick with... Exactly, like if they had kept Edin Stezic. Yeah. yeah, the hope the hope I've heard among a number of Dortmund fans who I'm friendly with is that at some point this season or at the end of this season with Holland leaving, they also have Rosa leave and they bring in Terzic full-time because he still has a pretty big presence in that locker room and the players there still kind of listen to and trust and believe in him. And so I think that that is something that you can't exactly have. You can't have two forces like that in your dressing room at the exact same time. And that's got to be tough for, for both of them. I think particularly for this game, I feel like Marco Rosa is aware of that record that Nagelsmann has and that he'll try to replicate it. But I don't know if he necessarily has the mindset or the tactics that can catch up with it. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And honestly, Marco Rosa has been so disappointing at Dortmund that it is really hard to see them have the advantage in this game, even though they have Holland and we don't have Kimmich and maybe not even Goretzka. That being said, it's going to be an interesting game because neither team are at their top form and whichever team wins gets top of the table. So it's a huge high stakes game. So Jake, we are almost at our time limit. I'm going to ask you one last question. What is your predicted scoreline for the game? I'm not doing a prediction. The last time I made a prediction on one of these pods, it came through and I don't need to tell anyone what that was. 1-1 1-1 draw. One, I think draw. that I think that Bayern's roster right now is in a state of flux. 
I think that if certain people made the right decisions months ago, that we wouldn't necessarily be in this position. And I know it's unfair to put it all on one player, but there's a reason why we're hesitant, right? We're hesitant because there is a certain player that isn't here. And that presence, especially with the fact that his midfield partner is also potentially going to be out, is going to be huge. You're missing two pillars of your entire team. So exactly. Add to that that Erling Haaland is only able to play for 60 minutes. And without him, Dortmund has not been the most solid. I think we are going to have ourselves an interesting proposition. We're going to have two teams who are at one and two fielding squads that are probably good enough for about eighth and ninth in the Bundesliga. It's going to be weird, going to be slow and ugly, at least what I predict. And I think that some form of a draw, a 1-1 draw, that's what I would be putting my money on for, for this outcome. Okay, fair enough. All right, then. So that wraps it up for today. You have been listening to the Bavarian Podcast Works Preview Show. This was I Need No Name and Jake Fenner doing a special preview of Der Klassiker, also known as Bayern Munich versus Borussia Dortmund. As always, remember to like, share, and subscribe. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, whichever podcasting platform you like. Remember to check out our blog. We have the full coverage of the match there, including injury reports, analysis, news, and everything else besides. We have a game thread and we have a wonderful community which you can sign up and join the discussion. You can follow us on Twitter and we will be seeing you next time for the next podcast, which will probably be our post-game podcast for the match. So good night and see you next time.